Hey friends, welcome back to the Women's Cast. I'm Amanda Brown and I serve as the Equipping and Women's Director at our St. John Congregation. And I have the joy and privilege of being your host on today's episode. I am sitting down with two of our friends from church for a conversation that I am super, super thankful for and really humbled to be a part of. It's a conversation about Forgiven and Set Free. Forgiven and Set Free is a 10-week small group study for women that have experienced abortion. These groups are intended to offer hope and healing of Christ in the context of a safe and confidential and grace-filled community. And they are meant to meet the shame and the guilt that is so commonly associated with abortion with forgiveness and freedom of the gospel. Now, this ministry has been around the Austin Stone for some time now, but we're super excited to announce that it is a newly adopted part of our women's ministry. Forgiveness Set Free is a ministry that we have longed to support to a greater degree for a long time, and we're super excited that this gives us the opportunity to do just that. So a few weeks ago, our team had the chance to sit down with the ladies that lead Forgiven and Set Free, and um, we thought that there was just no better way to welcome them into our family than to have them on our podcast. So that's what we're doing here. The hope for our conversation today is to give you a better understanding of what Forgiven and Set Free is all about, whether you have experienced an abortion or not. And it's also our hope that if abortion is part of your story, that this just little glimpse behind the curtain will encourage you to do the very brave thing of signing up for a forgiven and set free group. Okay, so before we get any further, I have to introduce the best part of our conversation today, and that is my friends Pam and Brittany. Guys, I'm so, so thankful to have you both here this afternoon. So I'd love to start by having you both introduce yourselves. Um, So I'm going to start with my friend Pam. Thank you, Amanda. I'm really thankful to be here. My name is Pam Coburn, and I have been a partner with The Stone for, I think, about 10 years, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, I have three grown children, and two of them are also partners here at The Stone, uh, different congregations. And uh, my oldest son lives in Dallas, and he and his wife have blessed me with four beautiful grandchildren. So I'm a grandma. I am uh, retired from being the executive director of Austin Life Care, which is now, I believe, called The Source. The Source. I get that wrong mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, but it's a pregnancy resource center that does amazing work here in Austin. And I actually came to that post after going through the study many years ago um, after having an abortion when I was a freshman in college. Mm-hmm. So um, I have seen God do amazing things with a very shameful part of my story. Mm. And um, since my retirement, I have been leading the studies here at the Stone. I think we're going on about four years. So uh, we are really excited about kind of being under the umbrella of the women's ministry. I think we'll be able to reach a lot more people this Mm -hmm. way. And uh, we're just thrilled to be here. Thanks. Thanks, Pam. I'm super glad you're here, too. All right, Brittany. Tell us about you. Hello, hello. Uh, My name is Brittany. I have been going to the Austin Stone for about two and a half years now. I moved to Austin from Charleston, South Carolina, and I work in tech sales. 
I have a lot of really good friends and family that are here, and I believe Austin is the place the Lord wants me to stay. So it's been really awesome being here. Awesome. Good. I'm so happy to have you here and first time meeting. I know. It's nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you, and maybe we're uh, family members with well, our yeah, last names. That's right. Yeah, there are, <laughs> there are a few of us. You never know. There. You yeah. never know. Yeah. yeah. I'm so happy you're here. Okay, Brittany, I'm going to start with you. I'd love for you to just share a little bit of your story and um, what led you to Forgiven and Set Free. Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest thing to learn from talking with women about their story is none of it's easy and none of it is straightforward, right? Mm -hmm. You don't wake up in the morning and go, I think I'm going to run to HEB, have an abortion, Mm -hmm. go to Mm Chick-fil-A and go home, right? So mine is no, you know, simpler. It's actually pretty complicated. So about 15 years ago, I was a junior in college, 22 years old, Um, had been dating this guy for, I don't know, two and a half-ish years. Mm -hmm. And my brother actually came home from Iraq and killed his wife Mm -hmm. and then killed himself. So my world was destroyed. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a second to catch up with what you just said. You Mm -hmm. said your brother came home from Iraq, Mm -hmm. killed his wife Mm -hmm. and and himself. Yeah. Okay. Yep junior in college. Wow. It was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Six months later, I'm pregnant. Wow. And because of all of that, yeah. what happened with him, my parents were out of their mind, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not in the building, not available, mm-hmm. not functioning. I mean, my mom basically sat down and never got back up. Right. Mm-hmm. I had no one, mm-hmm. absolutely no one to turn to. I saw the pregnancy, you know, positive stick, and I was like, I have to have an abortion. Mm -hmm. There was no, you know, pausing in that. There was no, I need to think about it. There was no, let me consult a Christian girlfriend, because I was a Christian at that time. It was, I'm having it, Mm -hmm. having it done. Told my boyfriend. He first accused Mm -hmm. me of cheating on him, Mm -hmm. which he was the first person I'd ever been with. Mm -hmm. And he was like, well, I'm not ready to be a father. Well, great, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you would choose to not have accountability here. Yeah. Thanks either. for stepping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for stepping up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of women who come to the class experienced very similar stories. Mm-hmm. And then I scheduled it. I went. The clinic made it almost seem like you were going in for Botox. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. welcome. So glad you're here. Have a seat. Like, mm-hmm. we'll get with you in a second. Like, it was warm and friendly and like women were there that I never thought would be there I thought it was going to be like dark and deep and scary and sad and women who aren't me because I don't do this women who are bad do this women who are you know young or on the street or just all of those assumptions you give yourself Mm -hmm. because you can't imagine ever doing it. Mm -hmm. And I was almost mad looking back that it was so happy air quotes. Like Mm -hmm. they just acted like it was nothing. So I go, I do it and I wake up and I am so relieved. My first thought was yes, Mm -hmm. no more baby. Mm -hmm. Like it's gone. Thank God I did it. Mm My boyfriend drove me home. He paid for it, drove me home, and broke up with me. 
So, again, mm. no help. Not another soul on the planet knew I had done it. Mm. And I was left to deal with that grief yeah. and the grief of my brother yeah. completely alone. Yeah. And it was awful. And I had done that for years. Like, it built up so much guilt and so much anger and so much shame. And one of the things I really had to work through in class was I couldn't tell you the difference between my brother's death and that mm-hmm. grief mm-hmm. and my abortion grief. Yeah. Because it happened so fast. Yeah. So I would always just say, oh, yeah, my brother died and I had abortion. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just was the same mm-hmm. trauma, but it wasn't. And that is why it took me so long. Yeah. Because it was just too overwhelming. Yeah. It's like, how do you? Where do you begin? Where right? do you begin? Yeah. And can, yes, I got therapy. Yeah. A clarifying question. When you say that you, you would say, I... Uh, my brother died and I've had an abortion. Were you actually sharing with people? Not until like five years ago. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Yeah. So just in your mind, you, it was hard to delineate mm-hmm. the grief yes. between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had told maybe one or two friends a couple years after, and it's one of those situations where then they look at you and then you have to take care of them. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't know what to do with it. They don't know what to do with it. Yeah. yeah. Same with my brother's stuff, man. I just kept that so quiet because yeah. then people look at you like, ooh, ah, and then you have to tell them yeah. it's okay. Yeah. And so it was just easier to not talk about it. Yeah. So with his, my brother's death, and then right after the abortion, I was like, okay, God, we're done here. Mm-hmm. I fought the good fight for you. I was in youth group. I was with you all through high school. I have been a Christian since I was 11. And you did this, mm-hmm. air quotes, you know, you did this to me. Right. I'm done with you. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those thoughts now. It's like, you took my brother, so I'm taking this child from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it never was a situation, though, where I was like, Jesus Christ is not the Savior. Like, I would never run around and, like, damn Christ. Mm -hmm. But I also was not going to church, not praying. Started to hang out with friends who weren't Christians because when you're around your friends who are Christians, you feel worse, right? You feel more Mm -hmm. guilty. And then it sort of years kept going by, and then then I got a little more liberal with my Mm -hmm. thinking, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's easier to then turn it into... Oh, it was just a group of cells. Mm-hmm. Oh, it wasn't a baby. Right. Everybody should have the choice. It's my body, my choice, mm-hmm. you know? And it was easier for me to deal with up here in my brain, but in my heart, sure. I knew that was wrong sure. the whole time. Yeah. So it was really hard to process it, again, because I had surrounded myself with women that are just like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. You're fine. Mm-hmm. A big issue, too, is that there's two camps. Either don't have an abortion and be completely fine or have an abortion and be completely fine. Nobody acknowledges the women that have one and need help yeah. after. Right. Yeah. Nobody. Well, we're not allowed to grieve it. And, no. and that's the, one of the issues with abortion is that, you know, any other pregnancy, you know, loss, mm-hmm. um, in quotes, would be 
grieved um, that we're supposed to just go on with our life. That's the whole point, right? It's supposed to just, mm-hmm. you know, you do it and you move on with your life. Like you said, you felt relief. And that's mm-hmm. usually the first response that you have because you've dealt with the, quote, problem. Mm-hmm. But that's not how we're created. Mm-hmm. We know as women, especially, that that was a child. And mm-hmm. um, by not grieving it, it creates all kinds of other issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. And even going into church when I try to, I would cry every single time. And especially if they were to sing songs or mention, like, you were creating your mother's womb, mm. I would cry. I'd yeah. feel a, a warmth of just shame come over my body. Mm. I'd get very mad, mm. and then I'd want to run out. Yeah. And then when I did leave, I didn't go back for another year or two mm-hmm. until it's like, well, maybe one more time. Ugh. Mm. And a lot of times what's funny is I would go back, and it would be a sermon about babies and life. I did that for 15 years. I just, mm. I ran. I just ran. And I did, you know, I didn't go off the deep end. I swore off men. A lot mm. of women go in the other direction where they just are with tons and tons. And mm-hmm. <laughs> Pam's nodding. I was one of those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, nope, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Boys are bad. Stay over there. Yeah. And I'm going to do all this alone. Mm-hmm. So during COVID, actually, I was just tired. Tired of running. Mm, wow. And I was in Charleston, and I found a church that was what I thought church was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Warm, welcoming, forgiving. One Mother's Day, he—Mother's Day is always hard. Mm-hmm. He gave a sermon, and he was like, this is not for the mothers with children in the room. This is for the women who have had lost their children, miscarried had abortions, the ones mm. in the room that feel like crap today. This wow. is what this is for. Yeah. And my mind was blown. Yeah. I was like, there are churches like this? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And so it just started my journey again on maybe this isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can reconcile this. Had a girlfriend go with me, and she was crying. And I'm like, you're crying? I'm allowed to cry? <laughs> and she was like, yes. So I just mm-hmm. sobbed and sobbed and cried and started to really work through it. Yeah. So a few things happened in Charleston, and I decided to move to Austin. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> My brother's wife's parents come to Austin Stone. Okay. And okay. they and I have the most beautiful relationship. Oh, my gosh. And they're the ones that invited me to Austin Stone. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. And they forgave my brother and so if they can forgive him how can I not forgive myself yeah if they can love me how can I not love myself and that was massive it started allowing myself to heal yeah from all of it so started coming and it was interesting the first few times I was like are they gonna figure out who I am you know Mm -hmm. I don't want to have to tell people but it's been amazing, and her mom especially is my best friend. Wow. We are together yeah. all the time. Praise God. Yeah. yeah. And she has led me to walk through my journey and relieve me of so much shame and guilt from my brother mm. and for this. Wow. So because I was set up with Stone and with that journey, I found a Christian therapist. And let me tell you, five years ago, if you had said to go see a Christian therapist, (laughs) I would have told you to kick rocks. Mm -hmm. And processing my brother's stuff, I was doing great. 
And then the abortion was the last thing. Because mm. it's the last thing anybody wants to yeah, talk about. Right. Yeah. And so she actually suggested forgiven and set free. Okay. She was friends with Sean. And she was actually one of our leaders at Austin Life Care. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the timing was hilarious. She was like, You should do this. Call Sean. Called Sean, and it was starting the next Tuesday. Wow. It was like Thursday. Yeah. So God totally <laughs> had his hand in that yeah. and was like, come on, kid. Let's go. It's time. Mm-hmm. Let's let's really work on this. Um, and so I showed up, and it was truly the best decision I have ever made. Wow. Because when you make a choice like an abortion so young, you question everything mm-hmm. else you've ever done. Yeah. You don't trust yourself to make decisions a lot of time. Mm. And so forgiven and set free not only helped me with my abortion, it helped me forgive myself of a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. because of the structure of the class. So wow. it's the best decision I've ever made. And wow. I'm able after 15 years to sit here and talk about it on a podcast. Yeah. 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 What? Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Praise <laughs> God. God. Uh-huh. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so how long ago was this that you you the first Tuesday night that you were a part of that group? February of last year. Okay. So a year and some change ago. Okay. Yeah, about eighteen months. Okay. Yeah. So, this is a ten week mm-hmm. group. Tell us a little bit about what your experience was like. What was it like the first week? How did mm-hmm. you feel driving up, parking, <laughs> meeting nervous. other mm-hmm. women? Yep. And kind of what was the progression of the 10 weeks? Yeah, totally nervous. For one, I had never done a Bible study mm-hmm. in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Again, five years ago, if I would have said I'm going to mm-hmm. go to a Bible study, I'd be like, no, that's cute. I'm like, no, you're not. Um, just so nervous and like everything in me wanted to not go. I'm busy. I have to wash my hair. You know, like just anything that could stand in my way was. I think I tore my ACL the weekend before before, I went. That was the perfect excuse. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, I hobbled on in there. And it's great because there was somebody waiting at the door for us. So it's not like you had to find the building or be scared or hope that you're walking to the right place. Somebody was there. Hmm. And then, you know, she walked us into the room, and it was wonderful because it was cushy and warm, and mm-hmm. uh, I was, like, sitting at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. essentially. We were meeting at the counseling center at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And other girls, women, come in, and you're kind of looking around, and you're like, you? Mm. Huh. Yeah. Oh, but you look so put together uh-huh. and so cool. Uh-huh. Um, and, and there nobody were, wants to be there. Nobody <laughs> wants to be there. Yeah, you know, sure. The first, um, the first week, a lot of tears, yeah. you know, a lot of, it's the first time some people have ever talked about it. Yeah. The second week you give your story also really hard mm-hmm. after that week. It's, you don't want to go back. Mm-hmm. And then you start each week, the process of, you know, the guilt, anger, shame. There's like a chapter for each one of those emotions. The character of God was my favorite first chapter. Yeah, that's where we start. That's where we start. Mm -hmm. And again, since I'd been out of the Bible for so many years, I was reading through it and I'm like, so much of what I grew up in in the church was not right. Mm. Like, that's not who the Lord is. The Mm. Lord is loving and forgiving and he already forgave you. Mm. Now you have to forgive yourself. Yeah. And that was so cool to read and to kind of drive home yeah. that point. 
Um, and the enemy wants you to not forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The enemy wants to keep you sad and sick and feeling guilty about it all. So then each week, you know, we'd go through some things and a couple chapters really met, bit, made me mad. <laughs> <laughs> and what's great about it is you can come in and combat some of it. Mm. It is an open discussion. Yeah. I can say, now, Pam, I don't agree with that. You need to explain that one to me. I don't know if I will ever agree with that. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. You don't have to be, it's not political at all, which is great. So you can say anything that you want to say and you're allowed to say it all. It's a judgment-free zone. 100% <laughs> judgment-free. Yeah. yeah. Did you really feel like that? Yes. A thousand percent. Yeah. Which Because I, I know mm-hmm. some environments like that, they might have that kind of slogan, but mm-hmm. it whether it's explicit in the experience that it's not judgment-free or it is still like, you know, just in your own felt experience that mm-hmm. it's not judgment-free. But I'm so grateful that mm-hmm. that really was your experience. Yeah. Well, I think the way that it's structured to the first night, the, yeah. the leaders share their stories. Yeah. Um, and they're very open about their experience. And I think that that kind of lays the groundwork. And mm-hmm. then that night, you know, they go home that next week and they study about the character of God, mm. which lays the foundation. Mm-hmm. And then they know that the following week that they're going to share their story. So we kind of, the leaders kind of model that for them. Mm-hmm. But then they know they're not alone. They're yeah. there. They know that the people that are leading them through this are mm-hmm. women that have had this experience and understand a lot of yeah. the emotions that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that that really helps. Sure. And one thing I thought was comforting, too, is there were a few, uh, one person in particular, older women. And it's like, man, they're still struggling. Yeah. I'm getting after this after 15 years. It's been 30 or 40 for them. Yeah. And I think these women are on such a pedestal. Mm. And I respect them. And I thought they are incredible. And they had one too. Mm. And it put me at ease. It really did. It was like, we're all in this together. Yeah. And we have women in, in our group, particular that group, we had a gal who had had one pretty recent. Mm-hmm. And I think she almost struggled the most through she, it because yeah. it was so fresh. Yeah. But yeah, mm-hmm. they, it's, I've had women in their 70s go mm-hmm. through this course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's so good. So move, moving on. So you had a few weeks that were tough. You didn't agree mm-hmm. with some of the things, pushed back. Yes. That um, was somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. Totally pushed back on some of it. And then the last two, I forget, like, the ending of the whole class, you completely mm-hmm. forgive yourself and be yeah. free of it. Yeah. And that was so powerful yeah. and so amazing. And afterwards, I just took a really deep breath, and I was like, I did this. Mm-hmm. I'm good now. Mm. And I just started telling everybody, y'all, everybody knows I've had an abortion now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's and you don't have to. I mean, I'm, I'm sure some sure. people are like, "What? I'm not doing." Yeah, that. yeah. But you it, don't have it, to. it's not in the dark anymore, it's, right? You yeah, know, it just changes how you feel yeah. about it. It's not something that keeps me up anymore. Mm. I can sing all the songs about your, you know, being created in the womb and not cry. Yeah, it's just it really is the most freeing thing I've ever done. Oh man. Mm-hmm. And one of the, the things that I have seen happen over and over in leading these groups is that 
God brings together all the people that need to be in that particular group, you know, and it's there'll be somebody in there that maybe had sexual abuse in their background and Mm -hmm. there'll be another person who had sexual abuse and you'll see them start to minister to each other. Mm -hmm. And it's just such a beautiful thing. And even in our group, Mm -hmm. another girl had lost a sibling. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I, of course, when she said that, I was like, well, of course, because that's how (laughs) God does this. But it's just amazing how he pulls the groups together and it's just the right people that need to be there for each other. Yeah, absolutely. There's something so freeing about just that too, right? When you realize, yes, yeah, Yeah, that's, that's so powerful. It's pretty cool. And then one of the women is now one of my very best friends because oh, once you're so in there, you've told them everything. Yeah. <laughs> How can you not be? How can yeah. you not be? Talk yeah. about the groundwork yeah. for a really good relationship. Yeah. So, and Brittany, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know okay. that, I know it must be vulnerable, even though you, you have experienced so much freedom yeah. um, to share in a, in a medium like this. Yeah. Um, it's nerve wracking. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm really thankful. And, I think as someone who is hearing your story for the first time, it is so obvious that Jesus has been relentless in his yes. pursuit for you. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I tried to outrun him. Yep. And it didn't work. Yeah. No. So. And it won't. <laughs> it won't. Mm-hmm. It won't work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For the women that are listening right now and curious about what these groups feel like, can you talk to us a little bit about just kind of the details of where do these groups meet? How many people come? Are people going to know that I sign up? What is what is that like for a participant? Well, we try to keep it extremely confidential. It's all the sign up is online. So really the only people that would know is, you know, whoever is dealing with it administratively with the stone. Yeah. We have several leaders that are in the church that lead the groups. We try to find a location that is somewhat private. We want to make it, you know, like Brittany said, where it feels welcoming and um, that they're not worried about running into somebody that they might know and feeling uncomfortable. So uh, we really work to make it a a comfortable situation Mm -hmm. for everyone. Um, As I said before, you know, we we start out with the leaders sharing their stories and then they share their stories. Um, But it's amazing, I think, because everybody is so vulnerable with each other that the groups bond very quickly. Mm -hmm. So uh, I will say the first few weeks are hard, Mm -hmm. uh, the hardest. Um, Obviously, you know, you're you're going to a Bible study to address a sin. Right, (laughs) right. Mm -hmm. That's never fun. Yeah. So I won't sugarcoat it. It's it's hard. It's challenging. Mm -hmm. um, But, you know. Nothing worth doing is is yeah. ever easy. So yeah. uh, just know that it's a very supportive group. Like I said, there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are there to listen and encourage uh, and pray for mm-hmm. these women, and we're there for them. We usually start some kind of a, a group chat so that if there's any issues during the week that they run up against, that we're there for them. Uh, and as I said, it's amazing to see how in just a very short period of time, the women start really ministering to each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the things I love the most about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see the change as mm-hmm. a leader. You get to see it week by week. And I think even you being in the group noticed it. You, they, the room gets lighter. It gets yeah. lighter. Yeah. And people actually sit a little taller. Yeah. And, yeah, there's laughter. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just such a joy to see and get to witness what happens when 
God just takes a hold of their heart yeah. and removes the guilt and shame. I always tell them when they come in that, you know, you always have the regret. That doesn't go away. But you can, you're, the guilt and shame isn't there anymore. I was very similar to Brittany after I went through it. I, I said I felt like I had tell me your abortion story written on my forehead because <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was being more open about it. And people were just kind of coming out of the woodwork telling yeah. me their stories. And mm-hmm. But out of that has come just tremendous beauty, people going through these studies and being healed and just mm-hmm. all the things that God has done with that. So, mm-hmm. you know, ridding yourself of this shame and guilt allows you to serve him more and to be more open to a closer relationship with God. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. That's so good. What about um, for the woman that is walking with a friend who has experienced an abortion? What would you say to to that woman that's walking with a friend who's experienced an abortion and, and is maybe considering forgiven and set free? Well, I would say, first of all, you're a really good friend, if you know. Yes. <laughs> because women don't talk about that very yeah. often. I would probably say, well, what you've been doing isn't working. Hmm. So try this. Yeah. If you hate it, you hate it. And if you don't, it could save your life. Yeah. Honestly. I would tell you, we've never had anybody regret it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never had anybody leave a class and not come back. And mm-hmm. I've never had anybody come back and say, you know, I'm really sad that I took that. Yeah. <laughs> or I went through that that's, study. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> I would really just encourage her that she will be safe and that it is a warm, welcoming environment. And yeah, safe and welcoming and try something else to heal. Well, and as a friend, too, I would say, yeah, you know, like I said, what the leaders do, just listen and encourage, listen and encourage yeah. because mm-hmm. uh, and pray for her to to make that step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else that you want the woman who has experienced an abortion to hear? Me too. <laughs> yeah, Me too. you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um don't wait to get this healing. Yeah. Um, I actually spent about five years running from knowing the study existed and having it, you know, put in front of my face over and over again before I finally said, okay, Lord, you know. <laughs> and as I said before, he's done amazing things through through it, uh, mm-hmm. through my life. So uh, don't hesitate. You won't regret it. It's yeah. not easy, but um, it's it's worth it. Yeah. I wish I'd done it sooner. I do, too. I wish I hadn't waited those five years. I wish I'd have done it the first time I heard about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those were five years that I I wish I had heard about it. (laughs) Yeah. So now I want to scream it from the rooftops. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we're doing this today Mm -hmm. is try to get it in front of more women to hear that we have this available Mm -hmm. and that we want the women of the Austin Stone to experience freedom in the ways that you both have. And so I'm really thankful that you've both joined us today and Brittany for sharing your story. Thanks. We love you guys and we're so thankful you joined us for the women's cast today and we'll see you next time. 